Sat Nam. I'm Guru Prakarmakar. Guru Singh and I travel the world, loving to meet an ever-growing global community. We are appreciative of your vital role on this planet, for it is your willingness to be here and listen that calls forth wisdom, that activates our collective voice in service. Your questions bring forth the answers. For a wealth of information about who we are and what we do, please visit gurusingh.com. Bless you. As we're a consciousness within a physical sensory system, we're really just a detective. We are detecting what is existing. And in amongst that detection, we have a projection. And if we are in touch with our projection, we are projecting our destiny. What is it that we have left in our existence to fulfill our destiny? That's the, that's the pure state. The state that we're experiencing in this world is not a projection, but it's a reaction. And it's a reaction to the detection, not of a projection, but of a reaction. So, if you look at a, at a lake, usually early in the morning, right around sunrise, you'll see that the lake is glassy smooth. And that would be the nature of the pure projection. And you would put a wave into that lake. But once the wave of that projection starts reflecting off of the shores of the lake, it begins to build on itself. And it builds and it amplifies or it deamplifies, it cancels itself out. It's very much like the sound of a gong. And that's why when you situate a gong in the room, you always face it diagonally. Because if you face it square to a wall, then you'd get a lot of interference, which is that the wave back on the wave projection. But when you face it diagonally, it begins to travel around the room like this, rather than coming right back to the face of the gong. What happens in life is that when you begin to have the accumulation and you begin to have, rather than the pure projection and the pure detection, you begin to have these things called reactions. These reactions are very much tied into the nature of the emotional body. So they're usually emotional reactions. The difference between an emotional reaction right by the left-hand pillar, Azita, when you begin to have reaction to a distorted detection, that's where you have complete chaos. And those things usually build. And what happens is that you have what's called confrontation. Confrontation is this. It's facing a gong square in the room, and it's just confronting itself. 
but it's not confronting the, the projection of the self, it's confronting the reaction to detection of a reaction to a detection, and it's generations old, it's incarnations old, and our task in Kundalini Yoga is to settle all of that down, is to begin to de-amplify the reactions, to clarify the detections, and to get in touch with the projection. Is this making sense so far? So, we enter a world that is in chaos. And that's where you came in. A normal trajectory enters a world in chaos, believes that chaos is normal. So in order to feel normal within chaos, you become chaotic. And then your chaotic nature within the chaotic nature has this sense of relationship. And that's what is happening in the world. It's chaos relating with chaos, creating chaos on top of chaos. And that's why in those situations, the only way you settle something is with a war. The only way you debate something is with accusational arguments. You know, these things that are called debates, they're not debates, because debates is a neutral statement of fact, countered by a neutral statement of another view of the same fact, another angle. And then, ultimately, you have this conclusion like the masters of martial arts used to have in their combat. They would never, they would never throw a punch. They would never dodge a punch. The, the true masters of martial arts, being that they were completely masterful, would bow to each other. And in that extended bow, the duel, the battle would take place between them. They would see all the moves, the counter moves, they would go through the process, and in that bow, they would see the pure detection of the projection. Was his or her projection stronger? Was my projection stronger? And in the outcome, the strongest projection prevailed because both were clearly detecting the projection, and they would then both smile as they rose up, and only the two of them would know who had won the battle. And that was the way in which they could save face with their students, because their students were all gathering around saying, you know, kick his ass, kick his ass, and my, my master can kick your master's ass, you know. Right? You know, that, that lower, more chaotic level of combat. But in the purest level of combat, there's actually no combat on a physical plane. There's just the unfolding of the projection. So then the one that lost would go back and go, okay, I have to work on the clarity of my projection because the projection, the clarity of projection is really not about how much force you put into your projection. It's about how much, how little disturbance there is in between your projection and the detection. Because when the projection is completely undisturbed, it's infinity. And an infinite projection 
and an infant projection. If both masters are in their infinite projection, then they realize it's a big old-fashioned draw. And it's like, whoa. And then they both smile, smiling, and then in amongst that smile, they give a little wink. Good one. And then they are free to go. They've saved face with their students, and everything is just perfect. Imagine if all of your interactions were that clarifying. Today's theme, the Kriya, is a renewed self-concept, which is basically a total lie. Because nothing is renewed, because nothing can be new. Hamiham Brahmham, what is to be already is. We play with the duality. Ah, oh, we've renewed our we've renewed our friendship. No, your friendship always existed. You just ignored it for a period of time. Say, so, yeah, the friendship never leaves, the love never leaves, the respect never leaves. You just lose contact with that because at the core of everything is that ease, joy, knowing, and liberation of that love, that respect, that relation. Everything is connected. We are all one. It's not a philosophy. It's not even an attitude that enables it because you don't enable anything. You're either able to experience it, or you're unable to experience it. You don't enable it. It is. It is and always is, always has been. That which you desire is already there. How much is the game of your karmic role to keep it from being in your awareness until it is? And that's what we're studying this weekend in an ongoing course of lifestyles and life cycles because there is that collective life cycle. There's a cycle of your emotions, which is called the cycle of consciousness. There's the cycle of your psyche, which is called the cycle of intelligence. And there's a cycle of your physicality, which is called the the cycle of your of the body of the of the material world and each of these cycles however is only an indication of what is the median line in the human awareness that it takes to renew the emotional karmic body to renew the mental body to renew the physical body because you And that renewal is a misstatement, right? It's just that re-viewing, re-awareness of how it is. Yogi Bhajan once said that the distance between your ignorance and your enlightenment is the distance of your spine. What does it take for you to get that kundalini to rise through all of 
the innuendos and the nuances of your various levels of awakening, various levels of awareness. If it, go, if it leaves and goes to from your first chakra to your second chakra, and you lose the total and absolute focus on your survival, and you begin to focus on your approval. And then you, if, you, if you expand your awareness, you realize, well, my approval will contribute to my survival. So let me move my, my energy focus, not from, but through the first center into my second center. And now I've got approval with my focus on survival. And approval is that I approve of myself, which means that everyone around me will approve of me, which means that everybody around me will support me in my moments of need, which is going to help my survival. Then we move to the third center, and the third center is all about nourishing the vessel. It's about nourishing the vessel of experience, or as we've been saying, nourishing the vessel of detection. Because your, your projection comes from your destiny, your detection comes from your, your vessel, right? You've come into this lifetime to have an experience, to have the experience of your path to destiny. Now, if you're in that state of nourishment, that means that you're feeling some value because you will only feed that which you value. So this third chakra is giving you that sensation of value. Well, if you're valuable, your immune system will kick in in big time, which means that it will protect you, which means that you will survive, you're approved of, you're valuable. Now, with all of this functioning properly, if you add to that, then you say, well, let me share this. And bingo, you move across that emotional blockage, which is at your solar plexus, into your heart center. And you say, okay, let me share that which I have experienced amongst myself. Let me share it with my reflection, with my, with my relation. And in order to share it, you realize, okay, I'm a bit at a loss for words here. So let me ignite the fifth center, which means that I'm going to put the vastness of my, of my knowing into some words of my understanding. And I move from just knowing it to being able to understand it and enable through my sharing to have other people understand it. And then because now I'm starting to get some reactions and some detections. Some of the mirrors are reacting. That's my reaction. Some of the components I'm detecting. That's I'm detecting my destiny, my projection. So there's these distortions going on. What do I do in the midst of the distortion? I activate my sixth center, which makes me safe in all settings. And it makes me safe in the chaos. It makes me safe in the violence. It makes me safe in the threat of annihilation. It makes me safe. Why? Because it's my knowing. My knowing, my understanding, my sharing, my nourishing, my approving, my surviving. And as I know, what do I know? I know beyond what I'm experiencing. 
because I know that my experience is that maya, that illusion. And if my experience is the illusion, if I'm just basing my life on the detection of the illusion, the detection of the illusion is, is social, sexual, it's religious, it's economics, it's politics. It's all of these things that we have built on belief systems. Because belief systems are just the assemblage of projections. Some belief systems got very dominant and they formed Judaism. They formed Hinduism. They formed Jainism. They formed Christianity. They formed Islam. They formed atheism. Atheism is a belief. Atheism is very much like Zen Buddhism. Very close relation. One hand can't clap. What is the sound of one hand clapping? Nothing. Right? Atheism. It's, Yogi Bhajan had the greatest statement one time. This person walks up to him and says, Sir, you know, I just want to let you know that I'm an atheist. He said, Congratulations, I am too. Yogi Bhajan says, Congratulations, I am too. The guy just like stops. You know. but, but you just had this whole lecture about God. and He, said, he says, Yeah, 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 yeah. He says, Don't worry about the words that I use. He says, think of the concepts that I'm displaying. He says, atheists don't believe in that God. Guru Nanak said, don't be concerned about that God because God is beyond this, beyond that, beyond this, beyond that, beyond the other thing, beyond the other thing, beyond the other thing, beyond the other thing, beyond the other thing. 22nd Pori of Japji. Just say, wow. But in Gurmukhi it was wahe. Just say, Wow. There is no God. There is just is. He said, that's what an atheist is. An atheist is the most profound of all the religions. No, he said, atheism is the most profound of all religions. Because the word, this is him still talking, the word religion simply is a compression of realize your origin And if you realize that your origin was from nothing, there was nothing there, nothing, God is nothing, 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 there is nothing that is God, that's an atheist. (laughs) He said, everything else is just a story. There's the Christian story, there's the Jewish story, there's the Muslim story, there's the Jain story, there's the Hindu story. Well, the Hindu story is a very complex story. They got so many people in the Hindu story. (laughs) So the knowing gets you beyond all of those stories. No matter how profound they are or how deeply respected they are, the story of, as Yogi Bhajan would say, the big humma humma. (laughs) If your story is created by the big humma humma, then you say, my story is the story. <clears throat> and the only story that makes total story. 
But in fact, this sees beyond even the story of the big hamahama and just knows what it knows. This translates it into something that can be shared. This shares it. This nourishes that which shares it. This approves of itself, so it doesn't need any approval from the outside, but the fact is that when you approve of yourself, you get total approval from the outside. Bingo. It's when you disapprove of yourself that you're always arguing with the outside. Always trying to convince the outside that something that the outside is reflecting back from the projection isn't what the projection projected. But I'll tell you, it can be so intriguing. And this is what this is what the saints and sages talked about throughout history. A knot <clears throat> tied by God can be untied by the human. But a knot that is tied by the human can't even be untied by God. So when you tie a knot in your projected, reflected, reacted, detected, You have to sit with that knot and let that knot tell you how it was tied in order for it to be untied. And what you have to do in order to listen to that knot is you have to not (laughs) believe in the knot. Because if you believe in the knot, you're not going to untie the knot. (laughs) And we all do it. We all do it. And that's why we're going to hit ourselves today in the Kriya. Almost. The Kriya is like this. And you have to come so close to smacking the side of your face that you can feel it. And still know, K-N-O-W, still know that you won't. That's the knowing in space-time that you are safe in space. Because what do you eliminate as a stimulant if you know you are safe in space-time? Fear, what else? Hmm? Insecurity, what was that? Doubt. Excitement, which is just a byproduct of fear. Excitement is the possibility. Oh. Pride. An interesting use. Pride. You know, you can pretty much guarantee that anywhere in a book on spirituality that talks about ego is actually a typo. They meant to put in the word pride. Because ego is neutral. 
ego in and of itself is neutral. Ego is the glue that holds consciousness or spirit, which is driven by soul, okay, in body. Ego is the glue that holds consciousness, which is spirit, driven by soul, in body. If you have a really power, he said he had the most powerful ego that he had ever met. That's kind of cool. If your ego is really powerful, you can use that to do really powerful things, positive or negative. If you try to reduce your ego, you're reducing the connection of life in body. And what happens is that the negative side of that equation is caused by the P word. Pride. Because pride is what creates that differentiation, that imbalance. You can be so prideful that you can see others as less than you, which is a distortion of reality. Or you can be so prideful that you run into the reaction. For every action there is a reaction. So you've been seeing everyone is less than you. Suddenly you run into a circumstance in which everyone is greater than you, which is also. Or that there are some that are greater than you, which is also. We talked about it a moment ago in uh, the earlier, before the public class, which is also a distortion of reality. Because the reality is, if you run into God, Yogi Bhajan would say, if you happen to run into God, Just say, hello, God. Don't go, oh, my God. <laughs> Just say, hello, God, get busy. I have so much to do. Get busy. Help clean up over there. Fix that over there. Don't be, oh, my God. Oh, oh, oh my God. Because then you're just an idiot bowing to a shadow. Because what is the God that you've run into anyway? It's just nothing anyway because it's something, you know, because what is the God? The God is that God of all of us atheists. It's nothing. Because that's what Gu is, right? Gu is nothing. Ru is everything. And the word Gu, Ru, means the everything that comes from nothing. Claro. Clear. Ah, see. I love it that we're using two languages all of a sudden because one time somebody says, Where can I find God? And Yogi Bhajan said, In the English dictionary. He says, But you won't be, there is no God in the Spanish dictionary. <laughs> now, if you take that out of context, that's all. <laughs> Only people speaking English know God. <laughs> You know, in the Spanish dictionary, what is it? Dios. Dios. So there's no God in the Spanish dictionary. <laughs> right? So, be really 
clear. Even though we're doing the Kriya, a renewed self-concept, just realize, and it's uh, for those of you in uh, the level two, it's on page 34 and 5 in your study guide in the back of your manual. But what we're going to do is we'll do some warm-ups before we start the Kriya. Um, But what you want to understand is that this Kriya is to set up the concept of the self that is always there. The concept of you is there always. It's just this gives you the awareness of that concept. All right? The awareness of that concept. And in order to view that concept, you must feel safe in danger. Say it. I am safe in danger. I am safe in danger. It eliminates a lot of texting. Because most texting, most communication is just a conversation about your view of the dangers. Some of them extreme, some of them not so much. So all of you that are in the, that came in for the public class, just as a, um, a word of advice, tomorrow, in tomorrow's public class you get a free lunch. So that old adage of there's no such thing as a free lunch is actually incorrect. <laughs> Bless you for joining us. Visit gurusing.com for an ever-expanding archive of lectures, videos, yoga sets, meditations, and more.